0: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Austin Wilman. Intro to Extroverts. Just wanted to share some of my thoughts today. I'm driving to Columbus to hopefully resolve an issue that I've been kind of going through with uh, my apartment that I previously lived in and a roommate that I previously had. Um, that's not really part of the <laughs> the conversation that I wanted to have today. But that's what I'm doing. So I've, I've been thinking just about interpretation and everything that we experience in our lives is just our own interpretation. No matter what the fact of the matter is, it's our interpretation that that shapes the experience that we have. So someone's someone's highest moment in their life or something that has glory to them could be someone else's nightmare or, something that they hate. For example, a highlight of my day is if I meet somebody new and I talk to a stranger, I step outside of my comfort zone and have a conversation, maybe talking about things I didn't expect to talk about. For the most part, I can see those as positive experiences, and even if it's a negative experience, it's still something that shapes my perspective of the world and of my life. On the counter to that, I mean, that's a highlight to me, but other people do not want to talk to anybody. And they see as meeting someone new, or talking to a stranger, or having a conversation that is not led by them, or initiated by them, is terrifying and maybe distracting. So, although the fact of the matter is the same that you're having, or I'm having a conversation with someone new, it can be seen as a joyous part of my life or something totally fearful in someone else's life. And we can change the way that we perceive these things. And I think that's, that's really important moving forward is we can shape our interpretations of things. And that just comes from expanding and it's experiencing more things. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that if I'm... Uh, if I tell myself that conversations with new people are going to shape the way I think, and I can interpret that to be a positive experience, then any other time that I have a conversation with someone new, or just a conversation that I didn't expect to have, that can, I can interpret that as a positive experience because that's what I want it to be interpreted as. Just if, if someone has that, you know, negative, uh, mindset, about talking with someone new and it's intimidating and they don't have something to contribute to the conversation, if they have a a new conversation or a new connection with somebody, then the whole time that they're thinking of that, it's gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is so distracting, I could be doing my other work right now, I don't know who this person is, I don't agree with what they're saying, and they'll walk away from that being like, see, I told you, I told you so, like this stuff is is all negative and I can't wait to go back in my hole and these interpretations are they, they they shape how we see everything right one of the the little things that I that really resonates with me is how you do anything is how you do everything and this this whole like idea I think is coming from um Like, if you have a messy, I don't know, a messy workspace, then maybe it signifies that you'll have a messy life, or it it translates into other aspects of your life. Or if you litter, like just something, I don't know, I'm driving right now and I see a a wrapper in my car, and if I were to just throw that wrapper out the window, like, I don't care about this, then what other parts of my life am I... Uh, metaphorically littering like if I'm, I don't know again, going back to the conversations and the connections that I have with people because I think that's a big part of my life and what I'm trying to do is make connections network, experience new ideas get people's stories if I'm littering in those maybe I'm like throwing trash into the conversation with gossip or something like that you know, what other parts of my life am I doing that in? Am I like, you know, skipping, am I cutting corners in a morning routine? If I'm in a relationship, at what point am I going to do something for the ease of my own sake, but really it's polluting somebody else's environment? And if people were to catch that, if people were to pick up on that, like what kind of, what kind of person would I be interpreted as them? As far as, like, you know, now that now I'm seen as, like, always having a piece of trash to throw in somebody else's environment. And, like, I don't know, that, like, if you're surrounded by people who litter all the time, then you're going to think it's okay to do that, especially in conversation. If you're around people who are constantly talking negatively about other people, gossiping, then you're going to think it's okay to gossip and and talk negatively about other people. And it's so... I I think it's interesting, uh, referencing this book that I've read a couple times called Sapiens, that gossip or the ability to talk about other people in a way that's non-constructive or not... uh, How how do I phrase this? Evolutionarily sound? Like, monkeys can tell each other, basically, that there's, like, danger nearby, so they can, they can reference, um, objects or, uh, animals outside of just themselves and the person that they're, they're the, you know, animal that they're speaking to, whatever, um, uh, they can reference, like, different animals, but they can't talk, they can't communicate about that animal, so, gossip or the ability to talk about somebody else and about somebody else's actions that have happened in the past is strictly a human a human function so like if that's what makes us unique and that's what kind of gathers people you know around the water cooler you're you know talking about other people that's what's gathered people around the fire in the past storytelling about uh storytelling about other people those environments can be, I mean, they are uniquely human, but we have to be careful that our interpretation of gathering and and talking about other people and about other circumstances and other situations um, can be negative to to our worldview. So, aside from that, like, the perception, if the people around you are um, having hobbies and they're you know, going for a creative outlet or they're hustling or they're working two jobs or they're always talking about the future and you know, who they're becoming or their next moves. If if that's your environment, then more than likely you will be trained to or conditioned to start thinking that way as opposed to if there's if you know there's no one around you and the only the only interactions you have are your social media or the only interactions you have are with uh, other people who are just like stuck in their current position, and they're gossiping about others, and they're talking about their past and you know things that are maybe not um, not serving them in the present moment. Your environment shapes the way that you are going to interpret things. So, like, I mean, if like right now, I'm living in Attica. And I'm surrounded by people in Attica and Tiffin. And for for me, I was actually thinking about this last night. Like, there are not a whole lot of people that I hang out with. I don't really have, um, like, a given friend group that I just go and, I don't know, hang out with, talk with, have a couple beers with. Um, I don't really have that group. So my environment, my friend group is, like, my mom and her fiance and the you know, a select few people that I work with maybe. But there's not a whole lot of influence that's like driving me forward. That's an issue that I'm definitely going through right now or a challenge that I'm going through right now is that my environment is pretty stagnant and it's it's not pushing me forward. And this can go like this can go in in waves and peaks and valleys. Like there are some time, there are some points where I notice like every everything that I do influences the other parts of my life. If I start eating a lot healthier, I become more productive, I talk with more people, I enjoy myself more. Um, you know, I start to live a healthier lifestyle, I work out more, I read, write, create more. And it seems like everything just comes at once. There's there's really not a time where I'm, like, really doing well in one area. I'm producing a lot of content, and but I'm not talking with anybody. I'm not eating healthy. I'm not working out. Like, if if I'm doing one thing good or one thing exemplary, then I find that everything else in my life kind of follows suit. And it's I, – I don't even know what starts it. Like, what is the – What's the initiation point for my momentum? It's, it's hard to pinpoint those things, except if you're making a positive or, like, a, a definitive choice to do something. And then it's the same thing on, on the back end. You know, if you go into that valley of your mindset and my, and my motivation, I might start, you know, letting my diet slip and eating more poorly then reflects i don't feel like working out as much and that you know dips my self-confidence i don't want to talk to as many people then i find that oh well nobody's really paying attention to me what's the point of me creating a lot of content um you know if i'm not creating content then why do i have to go to sleep on time and wake up early to do stuff if you know it's just like all this snowball effect that kind of happens and and this happens you know Kind of frequently, I've, I've noticed in the past that I can have two days on and then two days off, and then it might take another two days to uh, kind of be in limbo and ramp up to where I want to be pushing ahead, and then it's it's easy to fall back down two days later, um, but I think the, the goal is to try and make those, make those peaks last for longer and make the valleys shorter, and you can just, I'm, I'm trying to, like, do that uh, by understanding that everything does not happen in a vacuum, so if you're, I don't know, if you're eating poorly, or you're not exercising regularly, then it's going to affect everything else that you're doing, so people are like, I just don't have time to do that stuff, or, uh, I mean, I think that's a big excuse, is I'm too busy, or I don't feel like it. All that stuff affects the rest of the work that you're doing, the rest of your life and your interpretation of how you see things. As I just said, you know, if I'm not if I'm not working out, then my interpretation of me not working out is that I don't care about my body. Therefore, nobody else is going to care about how I present myself. And it's just this, like, snowball effect. One of the biggest places that I saw this is when I was smoking cigarettes especially in college, I I kind of had this metacognition moment where I was thinking about my thoughts, if that makes sense. You know, I would go out for a night of partying and I would buy a pack of cigarettes and I would smoke maybe, I don't know, five or more possibly. And I would wake up the next day and feel like crap. Like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? My lungs hurt, uh, my head hurts. And then I would walk into the different room and see the pack of cigarettes and say, well, I must like smoking cigarettes. My, you know, my brain tells me, my body is saying, no, 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 you don't like that. But my brain's saying, well, yeah, you do. Otherwise, logically, why would you buy those? And why would you consume those in the first place? So then that snowball effects into, well, I must like these. So, you know, what what's another one going to hurt? your body's already telling you uh, or your mind's already telling you that you bought these, you know, you yourself did this no matter if you're sober or drunk or whatever, Um, but it's okay basically to have these things in your possession, therefore it's okay to smoke them or to consume them or whatever. And that's just like a a snowball effect in itself just with one, you know, just with one um, example. And those made me feel a certain way So, I'm trying to recreate this experience of what I thought I felt, uh, in the, in the previous night. So, if I'm like drawing back on, you know, I had a lot of fun, even though if I'm not quite remembering specifically the feeling that I had or who I was with, um, at some point, I'm like, okay, these represent something in my life that was good. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought them. And it can be the same thing with, like working out or talking with new people uh, just associating and interpreting those things positively will make you want to do more of that. And that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to systematize I guess is how can I how can I find these things that are productive for me and find like what whatever the latching on point is so I can find more of those latching on points in and, and fulfill, fulfill that prophecy, right, um, but just the, uh, just the interpretation of the entire environment is what I was kind of, what I was kind of thinking about today, um, what else is going on, <clears throat> man, there's like, uh, any anything that happens negatively in my life, I can look at it and try, and instead of saying it's a negative event that's happening, I can say, okay, this was, and experience and just change my change my vocabulary around that. You know, if I can name something, then it means I've I've been there and I like understand it. Which that's a whole different conversation of understanding something and realizing it. Those are two different things. But if we start to if I should say we if I start to name things or name certain experiences differently then those get interpreted by my brain differently, just like a negative situation. If I interpret it and I say, man, that was negative, then my brain automatically says, okay, I associate everything uh, that happened within that as negative, and that's what I focus on. But if something happens that I didn't like, and I say, okay, that was an experience that I could learn from, then I can do everything that happened within there in a different sense, my brain's interpreting it differently. So, like, what is what is going on in my life that might not be uh, satisfactory or might be a little unpleasant? What can I view and say? Okay, this is an experience. What can I what can I glean from this information? As opposed to, you know, what's negative about this? What can I dwell on? What can I, you know, complain about to my I don't know friends around the water cooler or around the campfire, instead of that, it's like, okay, what experience can I bring, and how can this how can this benefit other people, and um, how is this going to be, how, how is this going to move me forward, or potentially move other people forward? There are tons of, I guess, quote-unquote, experiences that I can think of now, even with traveling, where at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is bad, I can't believe this is happening, I don't know what the outcome is going to be with this. But now looking back, I'm like, oh man, that was a great experience and that made, that's going to make a great story. Um, Like when I was in, okay, just a quick example. I use this story or this experience quite frequently now, now that I'm I'm back from Europe and people are asking me how my travels were and what was the most interesting thing that happened. It was, I would say when I was in Paris, a lot of stuff happened when I was in Paris. I was there for four, four days or something. And man, so much stuff happened that at the time I was like, ooh man, this is this is pretty shady or this is weird. Or, I never, I've never experienced this before. But now, telling the story, I can see the like anticipation on people's faces and like the excitement in their eyes as, as I'm like unraveling this this situation where people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to you. Like, yeah, it did, and uh, I'm here. You know, I'm I'm still jamming. Like, my, my first night in Paris, I had booked a hostel when I was in Amsterdam for that night in Paris, and I got there, and I was, I was pretty tired and a little bit confused because nobody really uh, spoke a whole lot of English, so I got to my hostel on a Monday night, and I said, hey, I have a uh, two nights booked for tonight and tomorrow. I'm I'm pretty tired. and ready to get a shower and, and hit the hay and you know explore tomorrow. I'm like okay, and your name? It's Austin. And they looked it up and they said okay, yeah, you do have two nights booked. Except they're booked for Wednesday and Thursday, and today is Monday. I was like oh no, and it's like 11 p.m. at this point. So I was like well what do I do? And they're like well we have a couple other a um, couple other hostels you can go check them out. I'm not sure that anything's going to be open because it's. Paris and you know it's a big tourist destination so I looked around and I found out that there was nothing else available that night to, for me to book and uh, the hotels that were available were like I don't know 400 euro a night I was like oh shit I don't have that kind of money so what am I going to do so I, I finally found a hotel it was um, it was like an hour and 15 minutes south of Paris by car, not by metro, or by public transportation, so I was like, okay, you know what, at least I have a place to stay if I really need it, so I started, I got on the metro, and tried to start traveling towards this hotel, and I was on the metro, and I was supposed to take it like eight or nine stops, I didn't have Wi-Fi, so I was just following my screenshots, supposed to take it for eight or nine stops, and it stops after three stops, and everybody on the metro starts getting off, and they're saying something in French over the, over the announcements, (laughs) the announcements, the, the intercom or whatever, and I finally, like, just realized that, hey, this, this metro is stopping here, and everybody has to get off for some reason, I finally, uh, I finally figured out that the, uh, railway was having construction done. And I had to, like, take a bus to another metro stop and then take that and then get another exchange. It was going to take me, like, two or three hours to get to this hotel. So I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. What are my other options? So I hopped off and um, went outside. was looking around. There were some people. It was a nice little quaint area. So I started walking around. And I have my, like, backpacker uh, backpack on. It's huge. It's really heavy. In uh, my other bag. So I looked like, a total tourist, ridiculous, walking around, um, and I finally got some, some insight from the locals that said, uh, you know, this is a pretty dangerous area if you're just trying to, like, stay up all night and walk around, like, it gets pretty shady at night, but there is this bar that stays open till 5 a.m., maybe you can go there, and, uh, I, I don't know, that'll buy you some time, I guess, so you're in a socially acceptable environment instead of just walking around with, um, you know, homeless people or, or whatever. So I go, like, oh, geez, all right. Uh I go to this bar, and I'm like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here, but the plan for me at that point was to stay until 5 in the morning when it closed and then uh, walk around <laughs> until... um walk around until the sun came up and I could maybe, you know, take a, take a nap in, in a park when the sun came up. So I started, I was like, man, I'm, am I just going to get wasted for like five hours until I figure out what to do? I was like, you know what, I'm going to make the best of this situation. And I started to try and talk with people. I mean, people don't really speak English in this, uh, in this part of Paris, but I started to make some friends, you know, where are you from? All all the small talk. Uh, Yes, I'm from America. And I found out that, you know, a couple people were very interested. Like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? You're just backpacking around. That's so cool. I wish I could do that. So where are you staying tonight? Why do you have your bags with you? And I I expressed the situation to a couple people. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's so so crazy. I can't believe you're here. Like, you're just going to be homeless? Like, what? (laughs) And then one guy was like, you know what? actually, that's pretty cool, you seem like a nice guy, you can stay with me, you can stay with me tonight, you know, it's it's not a big deal, I have a couch, and so I found a place to stay that night, and we ended up, you know, staying until the bar closed, and um, I was like, okay, finally, I'm like, really tired, I've been up since early in the morning, and now it's five o'clock in the morning again, and I've been traveling all day, so we're going to the metro, and we found out the metro doesn't open until like 6.30 or 7 in the morning, so we have to find out what to do for another, I don't know, hour or two, meet some new people, make some new friends, and uh, finally make our way back to this guy's place at, like, 7 or 8 in the morning. Um, and then I wake up at 2 the next day, and he's got breakfast made for me, and breakfast at 2 p.m. Um, so I, I leave, and now, the I mean, this the story just continues of, like, I don't know what I'm going to do because now uh, I have no idea where I'm at. And he's like, not very good at giving me directions. Um, So I just like walked to where I think the bus stop was because we took a Metro and then we took a bus. It was like a 45 minute trip outside of where I met this guy. And I, I'm like trying to, you know, talk with people. Very few people speak English again. And I get on a bus that I think goes like toward the Eiffel tower again, I don't have like a a reference point. I don't have a hostel to stay at. So I'm just like, all right, well, what am I going to do for the next 12 to 18 hours until I find a different place to stay? Um, so I like hop on this bus and I think it's going toward the city center or the Eiffel tower or something. And I I don't think that this is the right bus. So I asked somebody and they're like, Eiffel tower. No, 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 you're on the wrong bus. This is going to take you the wrong way. So I had to hop off and jump on the next bus. And they said, yes, this is the right way. So the bus goes for, I don't know, 10 minutes, and then it stops, and again, everybody gets off. And I'm like, what the hell? The bus driver stands up and, like, walks toward me, um, toward the back of the bus. I'm like, dude, I'm looking for the Eiffel Tower. It's like, okay, you have to hop off of here. There's a metro station right there. Catch the train. Didn't tell me which one, So i like, I'm buying another ticket. I go through the turnstile and I'm waiting like trying to read everything in French, and nothing says Eiffel Tower on it, it just says like I don't know regions or zones like, Dude, I don't even know which I don't even know which zone I'm in or which way is like the right way so I'm asking people like you know Eiffel Tower Eiffel Tower, and a couple of people pointing me to this direction a couple of people pointing me to the other direction and the the train comes, and I just about get on and i I was like, man, something doesn't feel right. So I asked somebody else and they're like, no, no, no. It's the other tracks, the other side of the tracks. I'm like, oh shit. And the, the train's coming in like one minute. I can, I can see it already. Like so run down and come back up, hop on this train. Now I think I'm going in the right direction, but all I can see is, you know, which direction the train is heading and the zones and like the stops. I have no idea if I'm going in the right direction. I don't know which stop the Eiffel Tower is. I don't know where anything is. Um... So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pick the stop that has the most connecting, uh, the most connecting ones, and I'm gonna get off there because that seems like it would be the busiest place. So that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I got off, and I still, again, had no idea where I was at, and uh, just started walking around. And eventually, I could see the Eiffel Tower way in the distance. I was like, holy shit, this is quite a ride. This is quite a ride. As you can, I mean, as you can imagine, the whole time that I'm thinking that, I'm like, what? am I going to do? Like, what's the next step? I don't know where I'm at. I'm lost. Um, but it, it turns, you know, it turns into this, this interesting story of like, how did I overcome these like obstacles and like figure my way out? And it turned into a big adventure. You know, I met a bunch of people. I had to step outside my comfort zone. I got to explore different places that, uh, that I never really would have explored. Um, I got my exercise in that's for sure. Well, I walked for hours that day, um, but I got to, you know, see some cool things that I didn't expect to. Um, and there was, it was just now looking back, it's a great experience where in the moment it was like, you know, how can I, you know, I was, I was almost thinking about like what bad things could happen. And again, this is a metacognition point. Like I wasn't at the time thinking about the negative things that could happen. I was, you know, thinking about survival and the positive things that could happen But then looking back at it, it's like there were so many – I had so many reasons to see the negative side of things and see how badly things were turning out. But the way that I've conditioned myself and interpreted those things were just like, okay, this is going to be an adventure. This is going to be cool. And now that all of it's over, I look back on it as like a cool experience. So – now I'm thinking as, as I encounter challenges in my life, is it's not, the, it's not the negative things that I can look for. It's like in the future when I look back on this, what experiences am I going to tell about? Like how am I going to overcome adversity? How am I going to make this into an enthralling story for someone else to, to listen to and maybe chuckle at or maybe like grip their seat or like raise their eyebrows or try and compare it to something that they're dealing with in their life Um, I think anything that we go through that may be seen as maybe interpreted in the moment as a negative a negative situation, we can just flip that and say, Okay, I'm going through this right now, but in the future what kind of experience am I going to tell about this? Like, it would have been an even crazier experience if I slept on a park bench and I woke up with my backpack on and, you know, squirrels were squirrels had chewed through my pants and now I don't have any clothes and um, walking around Paris with a big hole in my crotch. Like, that would have been a horrifying experience, I'm sure, to me, but, like, (laughs) what kind of a story would that tell? Like, what experience would that be for other people? So, you know, whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, I'm looking in the future, and, uh, having this perspective as, how am I going to tell this as an experience to other people or to myself, and what else I can get through?